Chapter Eleven of the Dashe Diamonds. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Dashe Diamonds by Richard Marsh. Chapter Eleven. John Ireland's Warrant. Mr. Franklin was unable to find a cab. He walked, and as he walked, he wondered. Mr. Paxton's conduct seemed to him to be stranger than, in the presence of Miss Strong, he had cared to admit. It was unlike Cyril to have allowed so amazing a change to have taken place in a holding in which he was so largely interested, and yet to have held his peace. Mr. Franklin had made more considerable efforts to place himself in communication with Cyril than he had hinted at. There had been several things lately in that gentleman's conduct which had struck him as peculiar— but all his efforts had been in vain. It was only by chance that that afternoon he had run across an acquaintance who had informed him that he had just seen Mr. Paxton leaving Victoria in a Brighton train. Taking it for granted that he was journeying towards Miss Strong, as soon as he could Franklin followed on his heels. And now Miss Strong had seen nothing of him. Indeed, she had been told that he intended to spend the night in town— coupled with other circumstances to mr franklin the thing seemed distinctly odd arrived at makel's hotel he accosted the porter who held the door open for him to enter is mr paxton staying here mr paxton is out out then he is staying here he has been here i don't know if he is returning you had better inquire at the office mr franklin inquired at the office their acquaintance with Mr. Paxton's movements did not appear to be much greater than the porter's. He was out, he might return, he probably would, when they could not say. How long is it since he went out? Something over an hour. Did he say anything about where he was going to? Not to me. I know nothing, it's only what I surmise, but he went hurrying out as if he had an appointment which he wanted to keep. "'An appointment? Something over an hour ago? "'Yes, he had an appointment about that time, but he never kept it.' "'Franklin looked at his watch. "'The thirty minutes of which he had spoken to Miss Strong were already nearly past. "'Can I have a bed here to-night?' "'The clerk said that he could. "'Mr. Franklin took a card out of his pocket-book. "'He scribbled on it in pencil. "'I shall be at Medina Villas till eleven. "'Come at once. They are very anxious to have news of you.' Securing it in an envelope, he handed it to the clerk, instructing him, should Mr. Paxton return before he did, to let him have it at once. Then Mr. Franklin left the hotel, meaning to walk to the cab rank, which was distant only a few yards, and then drive straight back to Medina Villas. As he walked along the broad pavement, someone stopping him addressed him by name. "'Is that you, Mr. Franklin?' The speaker was John Ireland. In his professional capacity as a solicitor, Mr. Franklin had encountered the detective on more than one occasion. The detective's next question took Mr. Franklin a little by surprise. "'Where's Mr. Paxton?' Mr. Franklin looked at his questioner as attentively as the imperfect light would permit. To his trained ear there was something in the inquirer's tone which was peculiar. "'Mr. Paxton, why do you ask?' Ireland seemed to hesitate, then blurted out bluntly, "'Because I've a warrant for his arrest.' Franklin made a startled movement backwards. "'His arrest? Ireland, you're dreaming.' "'Am I? 
"'I am not of the dreaming sort, as you ought to know by now. "'Look here, Mr. Franklin, you and I know each other. "'I know you're Mr. Paxton's friend, but if you'll take my advice, "'you won't, for his sake, try to give him a lead away from us. "'You've just come out of Makel's Hotel. Is he there?' "'Mr. Franklin answered without pausing a moment for reflection. "'He is not there, nor did they seem to be able to tell me where he is. "'I'm quite as anxious to see him as you are.' "'Ireland slapped his hand against his legs. "'Then I'll be hanged if I don't believe that he's given us the slip. "'It'll almost serve me right if he has. "'I ought to have had him without waiting for a warrant, "'but the responsibility was a bit bigger one than I cared to take.' "'and now some of those pretty friends of his have given him the word, and he's away. "'If he's clean away, and all because I shirked, "'I shall almost feel like doing time myself.' "'When he spoke again, Franklin's manner was caustic. "'Since, Ireland, you appear to wish me to be a little unprofessional, "'perhaps you also wouldn't mind being a little unprofessional "'by way of a quid pro quo.' "'Might I ask you to tell me what is the offence "'which is specified on the warrant which you say you hold?' "'I don't mind telling you, not the least. "'In the morning you'll see it for yourself in all the papers, "'as large as life and twice as natural. "'Mr. Paxton is wanted for the robbery of the Duchess of Dashay's diamonds.' "'If the other had struck him, Mr. Franklin could scarcely have seemed more startled. "'The Duchess of Dashay's diamonds? "'Ireland, are you mad or drunk?' "'Both, if you like. "'It's as you choose, Mr. Franklin.' Franklin eyed the detective as if he really thought that he might be mentally deranged. "'Seriously, Ireland, you don't mean to say that Mr. Paxton, Mr. Cyril Paxton, the Cyril Paxton whom I know, is charged with complicity in the affair of the robbery of the Duchess of Daget's diamonds?' "'You have hit it, Mr. Franklin, to a T.' Regardless of the falling drizzle, Mr. Franklin took off his hat as if to allow the air a chance to clear his brain. But the thing is too preposterous, altogether too outrageous for credibility. You yourself must be aware that in the case of a man in Paxton's position, such a step as that which you propose to take is likely to be fraught for yourself with the very gravest consequences and I, on my part, can assure you that you are on the verge of making another of those blunders for which you police are famous. Who is the author of this incredibly monstrous charge? Don't trouble yourself about that, Mr. Franklin. People who bring monstrous charges will have to bear the brunt of them. But I'll tell you what I'll do. You talk about being unprofessional. I'm willing to be a bit more unprofessional for the sake of a little flutter. "'I'll bet you any reasonable sum you like, at evens, "'that when we do have him it's proved that at any rate "'Mr. Paxton knows where the Duchess's diamonds are. "'You talk utter nonsense. "'All right, put it so. "'Anyhow, I'm willing to back my talk, "'and I'm giving you a chance to back yours. "'Let me understand you. "'Do you say that you are willing to back your ability "'to prove that Mr. Paxton has a guilty knowledge "'of the Dashay diamonds?' "'A guilty knowledge, that's it. "'You keep hitting on it, and you've hit it again. "'I'm ready to lay an even hundred pounds. "'We may as well have something on worth having, "'that when we do get Mr. Paxton, "'it's proved that he has, as you put it, "'a guilty knowledge of the whereabouts of the Dashay diamonds. "'Such a supposition is wholly beyond the bounds of reason. "'Will you bet?' "'I will. "'You understand that I'm betting on a certainty.' 
but since you seem to think that you're betting on a certainty too the thing's about even it's a bet it is good perhaps you'll make a note of it i'll make one too as a matter of fact mr ireland taking out his pocket-book made a note of it upon the spot when i've proved my point i'll ask you for that hundred say rather that when you fail to prove it i'll ask you all right and you shall have it never you fear mr ireland replaced his pocket-book now i'm going to makell's to make a few inquiries on my own account if those inquiries are not satisfactory i'll at once wire round mr paxton's description there'll be a reward offered for him in the morning and if we don't have him within four-and-twenty hours i'm a dutchman franklin knowing his man was more moved by ireland's words than he cared to show for goodness sake ireland be careful what you do as you say you know me and you know that it is not my custom to express an opinion rashly i assure you that it is my solemn conviction that if you take the steps which you speak of taking you will be doing a possibly irreparable injury to a perfectly innocent man the detective looked at the lawyer steadily for a second or two quite right mr franklin i do know you and it is because i know you that i am willing to strain a point and without prejudice to that little bet of ours give you proof that in matters of this sort a man of my experience is not likely to move without good grounds you see this mr ireland took something out of his waistcoat pocket it was a ring slipping it on to the tip of his little finger he held it up for the other to see i see that it's a ring what of it as mr paxton was coming out of makell's hotel this morning he took his handkerchief out of his pocket as he did so unnoticed by him something dropped out of his handkerchief on to the pavement it was this ring well ill i should call it if i were you because this ring happens to be one of those which were stolen from the duchess of dachet i had previously had reasons of my own for suspecting that he knew more than was good for him of that business even you will grant that the discovery in his possession of one of the stolen articles was sufficient to turn suspicion into practical certainty mr franklin said nothing perhaps because he had nothing to say which he felt was equal to the occasion what mr ireland said astounded him he perceived that at any rate in mr paxton's absence the position presented the appearance of an aggravating puzzle that mr paxton could if he chose furnish a satisfactory solution he did not doubt but he wondered what it was the detective went on now mr franklin since i have been as you yourself would say unprofessionally open with you i must ask you on your side to be equally open with me what are you going to do franklin reflected before replying i fail to see how you are entitled to ask me such a question unless you suspect me also of being an accomplice in the crime at any rate i decline to answer very well mr franklin i am sorry but i must do my duty i have reason to suspect that you may intend to aid and abet mr paxton in effecting his escape to prevent your doing so is my obvious duty hollyer mr ireland beckoned to a man who had hitherto been loitering under the shadow of the houses mr franklin might or might not have noticed it but during their conversation two or three other men had been hanging about within hailing distance in apparently similar purposeless fashion 
the individual who had been signalled to approached. "'Mr. Franklin, this is George Hollier, an officer of the police. Hollier, this gentleman's name is Franklin. He's a friend of Mr. Paxton. I think it's just possible that he will, if he can, give Mr. Paxton a helping hand to get away. I order you to follow him, to observe his movements as closely as you may.' and if he does anything which in your judgment looks like an attempt to place himself in communication with mr paxton to arrest him on the spot you understand the man nodded mr franklin said nothing he called a cab from the rank in front of them as the vehicle drew up beside them mr ireland addressed the man upon the box cabman what's your number the cabman gave question for question what do you want to know for "'I'm an officer of police. "'This gentleman wishes you to drive him somewhere. "'It is possible that I may require you to tell me where. "'You won't lose by it. "'You needn't be afraid.' "'The driver gave his number. "'The detective noted it as he had done his bet. "'He called a second cab, again addressing its Jehu. "'Cabman, this man is an officer of police. "'He's going to ride beside you on the box, "'and he wants you to keep the cab "'in which this gentleman is going to be a passenger "'well in sight. "'He'll see that you are properly paid for your trouble.' "'As Mr. Franklin drove off, "'he was almost tickled by the thought that he, "'a lawyer of blameless reputation "'and of the highest standing, "'was being followed about the streets of Brighton "'by a policeman as if he had been a criminal.' but all disposition towards amusement was banished by the further instant reflection that he had promised Miss Strong to bring her news of her lover, and he was bringing her news of what a character! End of chapter 11